Well, you can obviously have a seat. So a uh, big thanks to uh, Chris and the tech team and the worship team. That's going to be a problem with wind. Am I going to be better with one of these mics? Okay, well, we'll see what we got. Is that better? <laughs> okay. This won't bother anybody else, will it? All right. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how we do. If we need to, we'll switch to a different microphone here. It's, it's, uh, it's different, obviously, being outside. But really do appreciate worship team and tech team. They were out here early getting everything set up. This sounds like so much fun to me. I'm like, let's go outside. And they just look at me like, seriously? And, uh, but I really do appreciate all of their efforts and their work. They did a great job this morning, too, didn't they? So um, great to be here. And uh, I, I love summer. And uh, I don't always love it when it gets super, super hot, but if it's, if it's reasonable, I like summer and sure beats winter. And that makes me wonder sometimes why we all live here since uh, we get like uh, six weeks of summer or something like that. But uh, anyhow, glad that we've got a, a great day this morning here. I want to talk about this idea of giftedness this morning. And this is something that I don't know was a, a big term back when I was a kid, but as a uh, as life has gone on, that's a term that we use a lot when we're talking about our kids and when we talk about gifted kids. In fact, I read something just this week about some two-year-old that they in, uh, inducted into Mensa, which is like the, you know, the Brainiac Society. How many of us are in Mensa? Okay, but anyhow, this two-year-old made it, and I was like, wow, that's, that's kind of insulting. You know, this two-year-old's in, I'm not, and, and what does that say about me? But we're always, we're a lot about this giftedness, especially for our kids. Now, before I go any further, let me give you an official definition of giftedness. It's an innate ability both to detect and comprehend the world in complex ways that differ significantly from age-expected norms. Now, if you didn't catch that, you're probably not gifted, okay? So I don't want to be too rough on us. But most of us, we would not put ourselves in the gifted realm. I'm going to switch here. Is this one good? Oh. Is that going to, all right. Is that going to be better? All righty. We'll make that work. So, and I'm going to get rid of this thing, though, because you, you guys don't really know how this feels to have this thing stuck to your ear all morning. And uh, it's just kind of like having a bug just sitting right there. And uh, you just want, kind of want to swat it. So I'm going to get rid of that. And I'll be right back. All right. Now... Most of us, though, as parents, I think we've looked at our kids in hopes that they would be gifted, like maybe academically. Sorry, I didn't realize I was wearing those. I'm having a hard time getting going here, but we're going to be good. But, uh, you know, you look at your kids, you hope they'll be academically gifted, or you hope that maybe um, they will be musically gifted, or maybe they'll be athletically gifted, or artistically gifted or maybe even relationally gifted, and you hope that for your kids, because if they're gifted, you know, maybe their life will go a little bit better. I, I hope that for my kids as well. I don't know that I would call any of my kids gifted. Sorry, Luke. I would also say, though, that they have gifts, and, I, and for, that's probably true for all of our kids, isn't it? That even if they're not gifted, they do have these gifts. Um, but you know, I guess it's genetic. So sorry, Luke. It, you know, my parents didn't have any gifted children either, and uh, which is a little bit, you know, I, I accept that. My mom, I think, was gifted. She actually, she skipped fifth grade. 
So, you know, just like she went to fourth and she went to sixth and went on her merry way. And that's a lot of pressure to grow up with when you're a kid, you know, like your mom skipped a grade and when are you going to skip yours? And that never happened. I think my dad balanced it out because from what he says, he repeated part of 10th grade. So maybe that was the uh, the whole thing to make the, the family, you know, balance there. But we live in this world where we want our kids to be gifted, or maybe we'd even like to think of ourselves as gifted. Wouldn't you like to think of yourselves as like, you know, in this area, I'm, you know, stronger than maybe the average person is, or I'm able to do something that maybe the normal person can't do. And we'd like to feel that way a little bit about ourselves to, to have some, some giftedness. Well, I have good news for you this morning, because if you are a Christ follower, you are gifted and you have some giftedness, and I don't just mean a broad, well, hey, like you're better off because you're a Christ follower, although that's true, but you're gifted because you have the Holy Spirit, and you're gifted in two ways because the Holy Spirit comes as a gift, and that's what Jesus said to his disciples, is like, I'm going to go to heaven, and I'm going to send the comforter, the encourager, the helper, and that's his gift to us, but when the Holy Spirit comes, he comes with gifts to us. So the gift comes with gifts. And he lives inside us and brings those gifts to us. And we call those spiritual gifts. And that's obvious. We call them, or we could say gifts of the spirit, spiritual gifts. They are special abilities that each of us has as Christ followers to make the church better. And that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. I'm going to be talking to all of you who are not just gifted, but you're doubly gifted. And so if you would, look with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're wrapping up our series this morning on the Holy Spirit. This, Holy, this whole series, I think, has been really important stuff. So if you've missed any of it, you can go online and you can catch up. And we've really walked through what we would call the doctrine of the Holy Spirit and uh, just who he is and what he does in our lives. And so this morning, we're going to wrap that up by looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The letter that Paul writes here is written to the Corinthian church, and it's a long letter. But he writes to the Corinthian church in response to some questions that they had sent him. And I don't know exactly how they sent it to him. They sent him a letter or if somebody had, had just written these down and gone and talked to Paul. But Paul writes back to the church in Corinth and he covers some things that he wants to say to them. But then he gets into this list of questions that they have and he starts to give them answers to their questions. And when we get to chapter 12, he is giving them answers to a question. In fact, he gives them the answer in chapter 12 and in chapter 13 and in chapter 14 it's all an answer to the same question. So it's, it's quite a question, and it's quite an answer that he actually gives them to. And he's talking about, the question was about spiritual gifts. And we don't know exactly what the question was. It has something to do with spiritual gifts. And he gives them this answer, and he says a ton. You can imagine, in three chapters worth, how much he has to say. But what we want to do this morning is I want to pull out five truths that are in this passage that will lead us to a simple conclusion at the end in regards to our giftedness. And so let's just start reading in chapter 12, verse number one. Now about the gifts of the spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Or in other words, he's saying, okay, about these gifts that you've asked about, let me answer your question here. And then he gets down to verse number four and he really dives into it. He says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, 
But in all of them and in everyone, it's the same God at work. And he's making a big point here. And he's saying this, these spiritual gifts are going to be different. They're going to bring diversity in the church. But there's only one God here. And the whole point of spiritual gifts is to bring unity through diversity. We live in a world where diversity often brings disunity because you're different from me. Then I retreat to my corner and you go to your corner and we yell at each other. We point fingers at each other, or at the very least, we don't associate with each other. And Paul's saying here, we're going to have diversity, but that diversity should bring us together, not uh, separate us. It's the idea of a good sports team. If you're a you know, basketball fan, you need the, the one, which is the point guard, but you also need the five, which is the big guy who's playing underneath. And you need the three who can shoot the three. And you have these different positions on the court, but you need every one of these. And when you bring them together on a team, well, it all works. And they're different. They all play a different role, but it makes the team stronger. And that's what spiritual gifts are supposed to do. But in Corinth, the opposite was happening. It was leading to contention. It would almost be like if the, uh, the team, sometimes you have trouble when, when the one guy won't pass the ball and somebody's open underneath the basket and he's busy out there launching a shot when there's a way better shot underneath the basket. This is what was going on in the church in Corinth is they were fighting over these gifts and they were really fighting to be the guy who you know, was getting the most points in the scorebook at the end of the game. And that leads us to the first truth here, which is simple, simple, but very important. The giver of the gifts is the Holy Spirit. So any gifts that we have aren't because we've conjured them up. And any gifts we have aren't because we're so good at this. The gifts that we have is because the Holy Spirit looks at you and he looks at me and says, I'm going to give you this gift. And that's for every person who's trusted Christ. The Holy Spirit says, I'm going to give you a gift here, and it's going to be the, for the good of everybody. It's not just going to be for the good of you. You don't get to pick it, and it's not like you can go through the cafeteria line and say, well, I think I'll take that one right there. The Holy Spirit comes and gives you the gift. Now, it's not going to be, most likely, the same as the person sitting next to you. So whoever's sitting next to you, you can look at them or you can think that in your mind and say, you know what, I have a gift, but it's not going to be the same as that gift. And that's on purpose because that gift of the person next to you needs to be combined with the, your gift to be a stronger whole. And the Holy Spirit then is giving gifts for that intention. But it's kind of cool here. He gives us a supernatural gift. And I don't know if, if you're into the Avenger movies and uh, I've kind of watched them occasionally. Uh, Luke likes them. And so every once in a while, I'm like, okay, Luke, explain this to me. And we watch it together. But, you know, every Avenger has a superpower. You know, some of them can fly and some of them can, you know, whatever they do. And some of them don't, which really kind of bothers me. They're just really good at whatever they do. But here's the deal with spiritual gifts. It's your spiritual superpower. And I don't, I don't mean to, you know, to, to, to trivialize it. But there's something in your life that you can do because the Holy Spirit helps you do it that you couldn't really do on your own. Or if you tried to do it on your own, you couldn't do it nearly as effectively as what you do. And that's what we're talking about. But it's the Holy Spirit who gives us that power and allows us to live in a different life as a Christian. And that's the basis of the Holy Spirit. We are this whole series, rather. We have the Holy Spirit. It should make our lives better. Because God wants our lives to be better, and it really is reflected by this idea of a gift. It's not something that we earn. It's something that he gives us.
because of his grace. Now, some of you may know exactly what your gift is, and others may not. By the time that we're done this morning, maybe you'll have a better idea what your gift is, maybe not. But that's not the biggest deal this morning. The biggest deal is simply this, to know that it's more about the spirit than it is about the gift. And it's more about having a relationship with God, the Holy Spirit, than it is that you know exactly what your, your gift is, although hopefully you can know what your gift is. So we keep reading here. Paul keeps talking. Verse number seven, he says, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And that leads us to our second truth this morning, which is this, the purpose of the gifts is to promote the common good. So it's not supposed to be dividing. It's supposed to be uniting, bringing us all together, but making us better as a group. And our team should be stronger than our individuals. And so we should be looking to achieve what's good for all of us, not what's just good for me, not what's about me, because it always needs to be about those around us. Now, that's important here because of what was going on in the Corinthian church. They were all about the gifts, but they were about those gifts so that they could kind of um, use them for, for their spiritual, um, I, I don't know what, what to call it, like trophy or, or, or your, your spiritual, you know, pen. So I have this gift, and so you can see the gift that I have, and you can think really highly of me. And so there were some gifts that the people there really were excited about, like the gift of speaking in tongues was obviously one of the ones they were really excited about because when they did that, everybody could see them doing that or hear them doing that, and everybody would look at them and go, whoa, yes. And so they all wanted to have that gift because they wanted the attention and the admiration of the group around them. Well, they weren't building the common good. And Paul says, you know, you're, you're totally missing the point here of gifts. The gifts are for the good of the whole, not for the good of the individual. And so Paul goes on then and gives a list here of some of these gifts. And I say some of these gifts, this is not an inclusive list. We have more lists in other places in Ephesians chapter 4, in Romans chapter 12, in 1 Peter chapter 4. We have more of these gifts. And if you've got the growth guide or you follow that on version, we're going to walk through those this week so you can get a little bit more of an idea what some of these gifts are. But he gives some examples here. And so we read in verse number eight. To one, there is given, for example, through the spirit, the message of wisdom. So the gift of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge or the gift of knowledge by the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that same spirit. Do you catch a, a, something repeating there? These are always given by the spirit. To, uh, to uh, Verse number 10, to another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. To another, still the interpretations of tongues. And some of these gifts, we're looking at like, do we even have these for today? And that's probably a, another discussion to have at another time. But the idea is that the Holy Spirit gives us these uh, gifts. If you combine the, the four different passages, there's like 20 of them that are listed. And maybe that's not even all. We don't really know. Other lists include things like encouragement or leadership or service or hospitality or, or generosity. But Paul's giving these examples and saying, hey, some of the things that you're all hyped about, it's just a gift, and, and it's good, but there are other gifts that are every bit as much as important here, so let's not get these things out of balance, and let's remind ourselves that whatever the gift is, it's not for you, 
It's for the common good. And that leads us then to our next point here. Let's read verse number 11, which kind of wraps up the thought here. All of these are the work of one and the same spirit. He distributes them to each one just as he determines. That leads us to our third point, which is this. The effect of the gifts is increased impact. And so we've been talking all along about the Holy Spirit, the God who whatever. This week we talk about the God who increases. And so he increases the impact of each one of us collectively so we're better together as Waterford Community Church than we could ever be as just Brent Wood or whoever you are. And so that's the first part of that. The effect is increased impact. But the other part of that is actually that you as an individual, your impact on people around you is increased as well because of the Holy Spirit. So it means me in the church, but it also means me in the spirit. And so I can be more competent on my own because of the spirit. So I can be more confident then in how I'm reaching out to those people around me and making a difference in people's lives and having an impact. The Holy Spirit increases us. But here's the cool part about this. He increases us by giving us this gift, but it only works if we take the gift and pass it on. We're all familiar with this idea of regifting. Somebody gives us a gift, and we might even like it, but we never use it, and it sits there in the closet, and it's still in the wrapper, and, and sure enough, the birthday party comes along, or next Christmas comes along, and we're like, oh gosh, I don't have time to run out to the store. What do we have here? And we look through the closet, and you're like, perfect. And so we take that gift, and we put it in the gift bag, and we give it to the next person. Well, this is the idea here of spiritual gifts, just a little bit better than that, though. The Holy Spirit gives us this incredible gift, and we take that, not for ourselves, but we take that, like, how do I pass this on to the next person? And our gift increases as we share it, which I think is kind of cool here. Last week, we talked about the idea that the Holy Spirit enhances us. And one of the reasons God gives us our Holy Spirit is simply to make our life better. And I believe that. The Holy Spirit comes and he gives us peace that we couldn't have otherwise. He comes and he gives us joy that we couldn't have otherwise. He comes and he gives us patience when he have otherwise. But he doesn't just even give us those things just for our own good. He gives us those things as gifts also that we can pass on to other people. So the Holy Spirit doesn't want to make our lives just better. He wants the lives of people around us to be better too. So he gives us these gifts so that we can pass these along. This is one of the core values that we talk about here sometimes at Waterford Community Church. We want God to work in us and through us. So we want the Holy Spirit to bring his gifts to us, but those gifts then are expressed by us for the benefit of other people. So we have all been given a gift. You have a gift too, but the reason that you have that gift is for the person sitting next to you and for the person sitting over here in Shady Grove and for the person sitting back here as close to they, as they can get to the cones back there. That gift is for the people around us, not just for ourselves. And the Corinthians were all off track because they were using those gifts like, hey, look at me, I have this gift. And Paul's like, you're totally missing the point here. And then he goes into a metaphor of the body, and we're not going to read through these verses, but he said, Let's, let me just tell you what these gifts work like. If you've got a body and you've got the, the foot, the foot can't really say to the arm, I don't need you. 
No, the foot needs the arm because that's how the body works. And, you know, the eye needs the ear. In fact, if the body were just an eye, that would be really gross. You know, just a big eyeball walking around, but then the eyeball couldn't hear and couldn't, well, it wouldn't walk. It would roll, I guess. I don't know. But Paul's point is, just like the body needs every part of the body, we need every part of the church, and we all are important to each other to promote each other. You know, we're not going to take, you know, we're not going to take the, the, the hand and, and start beating on the head or the face. And that's what they were doing, though, with their spiritual gifts, saying, well, look at me, I'm a hand, boom, boom, boom. It was a different idea altogether. And he's basically saying this, hey, how about we, we don't have any rogue gifts. We don't take these gifts and we just go off there and use these crazily for ourselves. And it brings us then to our fourth truth, which is this, the real danger, and there's a danger with these gifts, but the real danger of these gifts is selfish, selfish misuse. Selfish misuse. And that probably falls into three different categories. The first thing would be where I look at, at the gift and say, hey, this is me. And, and I'm able to do something. And so maybe I have the gift where I, I'm really good at encouraging people. And I'm like, hey, look at me. I'm just really good at this. Or maybe I have, have the, the gift of, of generosity. And you're like, just look at, look at all of this that I've given to people here. And we start to feel good about ourselves. Or, or do you have the gift of teaching? And I look at, you know, everybody's coming and listening to what I have to say here. And we can be very proud and think it's, it's about us. It's not about us. If we have any of these gifts, it's because the Holy Spirit gave them to us. And actually, instead of making us proud, it should make us very humble. To think that God would do his work on this earth through us and give us the ability to do it, that's pretty cool, isn't it? That's pretty crazy. And yet that's why God gives you a gift. It's because he has something he wants you to do, and he's going to use you. He's going to trust you with that. Wow. Well, sometimes we think, though, that it's up to me, and this is good news, too. It's not up to me. It's up to the Holy Spirit. It's not my gift. It's the Holy Spirit's gift. Now, I can develop that, and we should. And you know, if this is my gift, I need to, to put it into practice. But, but, but sometimes I think it's all up to me. Well, that's, that's a selfish misuse of the Spirit. And then sometimes I think it's for me. And sometimes we use the gifts for ourselves, and this is what was going on in the Corinthian church, and this is something that I think has gone on in the church throughout history, is we use our gifts for ourselves. So we use our gifts for our prestige, or we use our gifts for our own power, or we use our gifts so that we can have our own following, or we use our gifts so that we can push through our own way and our own agenda. And it becomes a power issue in the church, and it becomes an abuse issue in the church. And Paul's saying, no, 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 no. Do not go there. Don't misuse the gift for yourself. The gift is always about the person next to you. And so Paul wraps up his illustration of the body, and he says this in verse number 27. So I'm jumping ahead quite a ways. He says, now you are the body of Christ. Every one of you is a part, and God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healings, of helping, of guidance. And we see a few more ideas that are given there and of different kinds of tongues. And what he's actually doing here is he's reversing the order of what they thought. They thought like the tongues was at the top of the list there because, you know, that's, that's pretty demonstrative and, and, and everybody can kind of lock in on that. And he's like, no, 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 put that one down at the bottom of the list and let's move up some of these other ones to the top of the list. 
Verse number 29, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have the gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret? And the obvious answer here is no. We each have different gifts. So this person's going to do this, and this person's going to do this, and this person's going to do this, and every one of those things is important. So he says then in verse number 31, eagerly desire the greater gifts. And what are the greater gifts? The greater gifts are the ones that allow us to impact the people next to us more than they are the gifts that bring attention. And there are some gifts in the church that are more upfront and that are more obvious and more evident and more, more visual. That doesn't make them the greater gifts. There are gifts in the church of the people that just get beside somebody and serve or the gift of the person who sends the note of encouragement and just knows the right things to say or the gifts of the person who gives and nobody ever knows where it comes from. Those gifts are every bit as important. And when we desire the gifts, we're not desiring gifts that give us importance. We're desiring gifts that give us impact. Well, he doesn't stop there, though. He keeps rolling into one of the more famous passages in the Bible. It's 1 Corinthians 13. If you think for a second, what is 1 Corinthians 13? It's the love chapter. But it's not really the love chapter as Paul wrote it. It was just part of Paul's response to the question about spiritual gifts. Because when you get to chapter 14, it's very obviously still talking about spiritual gifts. So listen to what Paul says here. This is pretty incredible. Verse number 31, I, t I will show you the most excellent way. So I'm going to give you a contrast what we've been talking about here. And that next verse would have been just the next line in his letter. He says, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but I don't have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. So if I'm all about the tongues here and it's all about me and I'm not really the loving the person next to me, all I'm doing is making noise. And he goes on, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and knowledge, or if I have the gift of faith and I can move mountains, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. If I give all that I possess to the poor and even give my body over to hardship so that I may boast, but I don't have love, I gain nothing. And so Paul's saying here, when we want to talk about spiritual gifts, we could talk about spiritual gifts, but spiritual gifts are secondary and the primary, or excuse me, the priority of the gifts is secondary to love. And sometimes I think we worry too much about what our gifts are, and we don't worry enough about loving each other. And that's what Paul is saying here in this situation. He says, hey, you guys are all worried about who's got what gift and who stands where in line and who gets the most attention. He said, you got it all wrong. It's about loving the person next to you. And if God's given you a gift, it's been given to you for this very reason. And by the way, God has given you a gift. It's been given to you for this very reason that you can love the person next to you. And we talked about love recently. In fact, you only have to go back a week. We talked about it as what? One of the fruits of the Spirit. So really what Paul's saying here is the fruits of the Spirit are more important than the gifts of the Spirit. That's not that the gifts are important, but the gifts of the Spirit or the, of the Spirit need to run through the fruit of the Spirit. Or we could even say it this way, that the gifts of the Spirit help us share the fruit of the Spirit. They're almost like the tools or the means for me to take the love that I experience or the joy or the peace 
or the patients or whatever, and where I can share those things with other people, that's why I have the gift. Well, let's wrap that up, this up this morning. Just some summary statements. First of all, you are gifted. If you're sitting here this morning, you may not know what that gift is, and if you're curious about that, on our website, on the resources tab, there is a spiritual gift test that you can take if you'd like to get more information on that. But you do have a gift. Every single person who has trusted Christ, you have a gift. If you know what it is, great. If you don't know what it is, that's still okay. But you've been given that reason, or that gift, secondly, for a reason. And that is to make the lives of people around you better. And every one of us can do that with the Holy Spirit's help. So let's just pause for a second here and think about the people that are around you. How are you, or how have you, or how can you make their lives better? There's a lot of ways that we can do that. We can help by, you know, working back there on the tech board. Or you can be up here singing, or you can be in the, the building right now helping with kids or, or helping with the nursery. And, and those are all like official roles where you might be able to use your gifts. Or it might just be that person that you know is going through a hard time that you can walk up beside and say, hey, you know what? I just want to pray for you. I just want to let you know I'm here if you need something. That's what the gifts do for us. But they allow us to have an impact that we could never have on our own because the Holy Spirit takes our efforts and he combines them with his gifting and he increases us so that we can have impact in this world. And I think all of us at the end of the day, when we come to the end of our lives, we want to look back and it's not all we want to look back at all the things we've achieved. I think we want to look back at the people that we've influenced and the people that we've encouraged along the way, and the people that, that are doing better because they knew us. Not so that we could pat ourselves on the back, but so that we could say, you know what? I lived out the purpose that I had. And as Christians, as we can even say this, so that I expressed the gifts that I was given. But it all comes down to love. Well, I said at the beginning there was a big idea, and this, I think, is the big idea about all these gifts, and it's simply this. The Holy Spirit makes us bigger. He increases us. But the Holy Spirit makes us bigger so that we can help the people around us be better. The Holy Spirit makes us bigger so we can make the people around us better. So who around you? Have you been making their lives better? Or who around you can you make their lives better? And if you're not sure, the Holy Spirit is all about doing that. So maybe it's just that simple prayer. Holy Spirit, show me how you can use me in this way. You know, every Sunday when we come to church, sometimes we talk about bringing a gift and we are often talking about bringing the offering. Or we bring the gift and maybe it's the gift of praise and we sing and we worship God. But every Sunday when we come to church, we should bring the gift, the spiritual gift that we've been given so that when we run into somebody in, in the lobby or in the parking lot, we can offer them something. And the same thing on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever. Because we have been gifted, he's the God who increases. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, 
we are grateful for the fact that our lives are so much different because you live inside of us. Jesus, we're grateful for the gift of salvation, that you died on the cross for our sins so we could be forgiven, so that we could have this new life, this new life that includes the Holy Spirit. If you've come this morning, if you're watching later on today even, and you don't have a personal relationship with Christ, that's what leads to this spirit life that we're talking about. When we invite Christ into our life, his Holy Spirit comes to live inside us. And if you've never done that, I would invite you to do that. Invite him to come in, forgive your sins, to, to lead your life. I'd love to talk to you about that if you're not sure what that means. If you have invited Christ into your life, today you are gifted. The question is, how will you use your gift? Holy Spirit, help us to love the people around us. That's my prayer. Amen. All right, since you're all sitting there hot and sweaty now, you notice I kept backing up further and further from the, yeah, because this is where the shade is. I, I feel your pain. I'm so glad that you guys have come. It's great to see you. Stick around. We still have some refreshments over there, I think, and some coffee. Um, but God bless you. Have a great week. And please be praying for me. I'll be off to uh, Guyana. Mark will be speaking next Sunday, so we're going to have a great service again. God bless you. You're dismissed. Have a great day.